0: It's time for my One, Two, Three Cents, the podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me the hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long, dear personal friend of mine. Does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! If you've dreamed of becoming a professional wrestler, it's time to make that dream a reality. The Stride Pro Wrestling Training Academy is now enrolling new students. Classes meet on Tuesday's and Thursday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. Be sure to check out the Stride Pro Wrestling Facebook page at facebook.com/strideprowrestling and get enrolled now. Hey friends, welcome to episode 446 of the My 123 Cents podcast. I am your host, Kevin Huntsperger. Thank you for listening, joining, checking it out. Uh, leaving a review, and speaking of which, Ken Johnson, who you're going to hear his name a couple of times this week as I'm doing a, an episode of Ask My 123 Cents. And Ken had uh, several questions that he fired away, and I was actually kind of the inspiration for doing this. And he asked so many questions, so many good questions, I am going to do a little research and getting some better answers for some of them. The other ones are more opinion based and some things that I do know and remember. So I'll answer those as well. But Ken also left a great review, and I encourage you whether you like this podcast, and I'm assuming you like it because you're listening to it, or, you know it needs some work. It needs to be tweaked. It needs to be better. Let me know what you think. Ken says, if you are a fan of 80s and 90s wrestling, then this is the podcast for you. Kevin is an encyclopedia of nostalgia. He transports you back to the day when wrestling was wrestling, when TV, VHS, and friends were the only ways to learn about who wrestled who. And that, Ken, I really appreciate that. Ken and I go way back. Uh, We met a few years after I moved to Southern Illinois, I think it was probably about 2005, 2006, somewhere in that time frame, um, through my job at WSIL, he actually came in and was a guest on our morning newscast. So uh, this was actually probably even before social media was a thing, but we kind of stayed in touch through email and and would talk every once in a while, uh, again, through uh, the job and, and whatnot, and then discovered that we were both wrestling fans and um, he has been, uh, one of those day one supporters of the my one, two, three cents brand. And again, I am grateful for that and appreciate all the questions that he asked and, and the kind words that he had as well. And we're going to get to all of that, the questions, cause I put it out there on the my one, two, three cents Facebook group, which if you're not a part of that, join the Facebook group. I'm looking to have more engaging conversations, having people weigh in, leave funny memes or videos or posts or whatever. It's going to be a fun or it is a fun uh, environment. Um, you know, everybody's really cool. And, and so far there hasn't been any issues. So again, check it out. Uh, it's my one, two, three cents, the Facebook group. And in, in addition to the my one, two, three cents, Facebook page. So, uh, again, Instagram, Twitter, and of course, YouTube slowly, but surely building up those subscribers on YouTube. And I would encourage you if you haven't already subscribe to the my one, two, three cents, YouTube channel and, uh, we're almost to a 1,000, and, and that, that's been the goal for many, many years now. And I'm, I'm hoping uh, that folks will join and, and be a part of that. I'm going to start off with one of Ken's questions first. Um, but also, I wanted, to, I wanted to remind you, Stride Pro Wrestling had a great show uh, over the weekend. And coming up, and I believe this one is coming up on Friday... June 16th. It is a fundraiser for Jimmy Razor. Jimmy Razor has um, had some medical issues over the last couple of months and has been uh, in the hospital. And I believe he is out now, but he has got a long road to recovery and it is called On a Razor's Edge, uh, appropriately named. And again, it is happening um, on Friday night, June 16th. Tickets are $10. At The doors open at 6. Bell time is at 6.30. And this is happening at the Stride Building in Carnival. All the money raised from this event is going to go to Jimmy's family. So uh, if you're so inclined to be there and make a difference and help out, again, check it out. You can look for Stride Pro Wrestling on... excuse me, on Facebook as well to know exactly what's going on uh, with Stride Pro Wrestling. They just announced a bunch of dates coming up for the rest of the year. And so I'm very, again, happy and excited for what they're doing and continuing on the wrestling tradition here in Southern Illinois. Um, as promised, though, this is Ask My 123 cents. Anytime you have a question, fire it out there, throw it out there. I've, I've tried to uh, incorporate more questions and be more interactive uh, on all the podcasts. And I'm going to save, like I said, some of these questions that Ken asked for future episodes as well. But uh, I do want to get to some of his, and then a couple of other folks chimed in and and asked some good questions as well. So uh, Ken mentions the Mount Rushmore of wrestlers, which seems like a big rock would be needed. But if you had to pick four, past or present, who makes the cut? Well, you know, I I think about the Mount Rushmore, um, in several different, I, I feel like there could be several different Mount Rushmore's. And I know a lot of fans, Mount Rushmore has always kind of been that, um, that go-to, and I don't know, really, I, I think social media started it. Um, but I used to, or I, I guess the podcast has ended, but, uh, the our vantage point rest retro wrestling podcast, they, they had a weekly segment where they did a Mount Rushmore and a Death Valley. Now that podcast has since ended and I've really thought about picking up on that and, and doing more Mount Rushmore. I was writing some Mount Rushmore blogs last year and, and I really am hoping to get back into the blogging space again as well too. But Right now my content creation is focused on video and audio, um, but the written word, I, I think it'll make a comeback, but we'll we'll wait and see. Uh, on that. Anyway, I'm saying all that. You know, OVP has, uh, they're doing now um, the canon where they go go back and they're watching every week of championship wrestling and they're back or they're into uh, the fall of 1985 right now. So uh, I listen to that every week as well as their other podcast called Acid Washed Memories. And again, it's just a fun retro. And like Ken said in his review, uh, being retro and, and nostalgia. And, and I love, I live for the stuff that happened in the 80s and the 90s, uh, specifically with wrestling. And so, um, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the Mount Rushmore of wrestlers. So I I'm taking this, I'm interpreting this question as my favorite wrestlers. And so my four favorite wrestlers of all time, I am going to go and, and, in and, and the order and, and it's, it's, you know, it's really kind of become 1A and 1B for that number one spot for me. But, uh, you know, Ric Flair for so long has been my favorite. I know over the last couple of years, he's said and done some, maybe some controversial things. But again, I try my very best to separate the artist from the person, Um, kind of like with actors and, and whatnot. So, uh, you know, for me, Ric Flair, I was there for his first retirement match in in 2008 when he lost to Shawn Michaels, um, watched him really, you know, and when I get to my third wrestler, this will make a little more sense too, but you know, he was one of those first guys that hooked me as a fan and, and took me, uh, on this incredible ride as, as a wrestling fan. And, and, you know, he's still on my list of, of wrestlers to me and actually, My number two, also Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, he really, I think in 1996, 1997, 1998, you know, I, I always say I, I was a wrestling fan from day one of, of all companies and, and not even with WWF in the beginning, that wasn't my first go-to promotion, um, So I liked watching the AWA and World Class and Mid-South and Central States and the NWA, you know, Jim Crockett Promotions and the WWF. I enjoyed watching all of those companies, the UWF. And so I became a bigger fan, though, through the years of the WWF. And so when Stone Cold Steve Austin or when Stunning Steve Austin left WCW and went to the World Wrestling Federation. You know, I liked Steve Austin. It's stunning Steve Austin. I thought it was a good character. Now, would I have put him on my Mount Rushmore back in 1994? No, not, not at all. Might not have even been in my top 10, but... I did appreciate and respect his abilities in the ring and, you know, enjoyed reading about him in the after mags when he was part of the USWA way back when, um, and then getting to see him in the ring as stunning Steve winning the TV title, winning the United States title, winning the tag team titles. But it always seemed like he was kind of plateaued at that point. You know, lots of circumstances happened in the WWF, with the curtain call and, and the King of the Ring and Austin becoming, uh, the man, so to speak, and anointed. And it all took off from there, you know, Austin 316. And I, I became an instant fan and, um, have loved him. And, and, and again, he's had some, some controversies in his past as well. But again, separating that artist from the, the person, uh, is is necessary sometimes and I feel like uh, you know Steve Austin really in the past year or two you know when he came back and, and wrestled Kevin Owens at Wrestlemania 38 uh, but you know his podcast the Broken Skull Sessions the beer that he does you know there I, I enjoy all of that that whole package he comes off uh, you know he's a he's a great interviewer I love sitting there listening to him ask, you know, his former contemporaries and, and guys that are up and coming and gals that are up and coming in the business right now. So Steve Austin is my number two, my number three, and this is my nostalgia. My real deep nostalgia pick, um, is Kerry Von Eric. You know, he, I, I, I often wonder had I not given wrestling a chance, you know, my dad and my brother and my uncle had it on all the time, you know, Saturday and Sundays, uh, it was wrestling, wrestling at the Chase, and it was world class, and it was WWF superstars. But uh, it was it was one morning. Uh, they were showing, and, and it wasn't on Christmas Day. I don't know when the the playback happened, but it was Kerry Von Erich and Ric Flair steel cage from Christmas Day, nineteen eighty two. Carrie goes to escape the cage. Terry Gordy, who is outside, slams it in his head because you know Carrie wouldn't take the the tainted victory over Flair, and uh, you know, boom, the Freebird feud starts. But there was something about that match. It was something about uh, connecting with Carrie Von Erich, and then you know his brothers Kevin and David, um, and then later Mike and Chris. But something about world class that that hooked me as a fan. And then a little later, you know, flipping through the summer of 83, the channels on cable, which was new to us. I see Don Morocco and Jimmy Snooker going at it. And that's the other moment that kind of captured me and grabbed me as a fan. But, but, you know, Kerry Von Eric, always, and, and, you know, unfortunately he's been gone for 30 years now. Um, but still, I hold him in high regard. When he came to the WWF as the Texas Tornado, I was stoked. Um, I wish, you know, and again, here's another case of separating the 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 artist, the talent from the person. And, you know, he, Terry, admittedly, uh, I don't think anyone would deny it, had a lot of demons. And unfortunately, those demons caught up with him. And uh, again, he's no longer with us, but uh, he's my number three and my number four. And I, and I, I, you know, number four to me is The Rock. Um, you know, I, his charisma, his athleticism, he, he, you know, his time there was not very long, like kind of like Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, but Steve Austin has really kind of stayed with it. And, and that's, you know, I'm, I'm counting some of the things where he's come back and counting the, the, uh, Broken Skull Sessions. It's the things outside of just the the wrestling stuff that that intrigues me with him, and, and has made me a fan. And kind of the same deal with Rock. You know, I love a show Young Rock. Uh, I love hearing those stories. I was a fan of of Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas. Um, they were uh, when I really started watching wrestling. I think they were probably had just won the tag team titles. Um, you know, I Rocky Maivia wasn't great obviously but again it was in that time frame that that era where they were giving wrestlers a second chance or a third chance and they were working to build and make things happen and these superstars became superstars and you know i I bought into it all and and i i really enjoy uh the rock um and and listening again he's one of those storytellers that I could sit and listen and talk to or you know listen to for forever but uh, you know he's got that cool factor and uh you know he's my number 4 so that's my mount rushmore of favorite wrestlers um now if i were to throw you know my favorite personalities involved in wrestling and did a mount rushmore of that bobby heenan would be you know, he's a utility player. He did it all. And so um, I would definitely put Bobby Heenan into that play along with flair, along with um, with Stone Cold and and probably keeping the rock in there as well. Maybe throwing Rowdy Roddy Piper in there. I loved Piper. Uh, You know, when I was a kid, I was a Hulkamaniac. As I got older, I, I, I don't know, I maybe some I didn't do a good job of separating the talent from the Uh, The the alleged things that that he was saying and doing backstage and holding people back. Whether or not it's true, I don't know. But I kind of grew out of Hulkamania and and embraced uh, the Pipers and the flares of the world. But, uh, you know, great question. And sometimes my Mount Rushmore, uh, that Mount Rushmore stayed pretty solid. Those four guys have been at the top of my list for years. So, um, you know, current superstars, current wrestlers. Uh, I like Edge a lot, even though I know he's not really a current superstar. He was, you know, here and then gone and, and is back again. Um, I love Matt Riddle. Um, I, I know that he's become a polarizing figure to some, but, uh, I enjoy Riddle, uh, Bryan Danielson, Bianca Belair. I like Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, um, you know, I, I'm i not a huge Roman Reigns fan, but I, I do respect and appreciate what he has done. Uh, Cody Rhodes, um, throw in Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, you know, some great guys. Pac, of course, my buddy Pac, who I've met before. I don't know if you guys knew that, but uh, uh, no, I kid. But, uh, you know, those guys are all great, and I enjoy uh, seeing them in the ring and doing their thing. And speaking of Edge, you know, the next question that Ken has, um, we all know that when the, flat, the when the ratings were flatlined for some time, WWE would bring back older wrestlers like Edge or Goldberg or Sgt. Slaughter, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, those kinds of guys. Um, who else would be a good candidate to come back in today's time? So... You know, I, I look at Edge, and, and I don't think Edge was necessarily brought back because ratings had flatlined. I think that Edge, uh, you know, unexpectedly retired. We, you know, Chad and I were fortunate enough to be at what we thought was, was going to end up being his last match. You know, he had defended the championship at WrestleMania. Uh, I don't remember the number. It was in Atlanta in 2011, and then came out, I don't remember if it was that next night on Raw, or it, it was soon after that. And and someone help me if I'm I'm incorrect here, but I, it was soon after I thought that 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 match happened that, uh, you know, Edge retired as the champion and 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 uh, gave up the belt and for nine years, almost nine years, he was sidelined and and nobody thought he was going to come back, and then he makes this triumphant return at the Royal Rumble in 2020 and. Man, I remember being because I had seen that he may be coming back, and then I thought it was going to be like a one-off, and you know how the Royal Rumble is. But no, he came back and actually wrestled and and didn't do it obviously um, as consistently. And I think he got injured again along the way. But you know, Edge is about nine months younger than me, and uh, he's in phenomenal shape. He's great, and I know that there's talk that he is going to retire. He's going to be turning fifty this year. I know that there's talk of of him retiring. Um, this year as well but i think that that comeback story was awesome unfortunately covid happened and you know um it, it changed everything and i i i'm curious had we not had the covid era of of wrestling and i and i and i'm not saying this to minimize the, the virus and, and the impact that it had on, on lives and, and complaining about what it did to wrestling. But this is a wrestling podcast and that's why I'm here to talk about. I just am curious to see, I'm curious to wonder how things would have been, uh, without that COVID era, and, and wrestling was still happening in, cr- in front of crowds, and, and a new crop, a new generation of fans could appreciate Edge. Goldberg kind of in that same boat where he came back a, a couple of times, and I know that WWE and and he have parted ways, and there's talk of him perhaps going to AEW. Um, you know, I was never a big Goldberg fan, so I, I'm not going to uh, crap on the idea. I, I, I get the appeal if they do bring him into AEW, Um you know, I, I get it. it. It's a business and I understand that. Um, but yeah, I can remember them bringing in, you know, and Chad and I have talked about this before where they have brought in, um, uh, more so more inclined to bring in like the, the, uh, attitude era guys to come in and do things. You know, his big complaint was always when like guys like Mick Foley and mankind, or I'm sorry, <laughs> Mick Foley and Shawn Michaels and Steve Austin specifically, when they came back at WrestleMania. 32 and, and beat up the new day and beat up the league of nations. You know, where, where does that go? What does that lead to that? Those were one-offs. So we've seen the one-offs happen a lot, you know, Vader and Lita and, but for, and I think Ken's question is, you know, these guys who came back and actually wrestled on a somewhat consistent basis and wasn't just for a WrestleMania moment or wasn't just for a Royal Rumble appearance. Um, you know, we recently saw that happen with Trish Stratus. I, I didn't think that she was coming back, but she apparently is back, at least for some time now, and, and, and is going to continue uh, doing stories there. And I, and I think that's great. I think that when talent, you know, when we were kids, when I was a kid growing up in the 80s, you know, Bruno San Martino, and, and I'm not picking on anyone, but Bruno San Martino was 50 years old in 1985 at the first WrestleMania 50, which is the same age as me, which is the same age as Edge. Or, you know, Edge is almost 50. It's a couple of years younger than Chris Jericho is right now. Bruno just looked so much older. And I think it's not just in wrestling. If you go back and look at your favorite TV shows and sitcoms from the 80s, look at the ages of the people that were in those shows. You know, Frazier, you know, um, Kelsey Grammer, I think was in his late 20s. When he was on cheers and he looked so much older. And I think that that was just the way things were. And nowadays, you look at Bobby Lashley, who's in his late 40s. Um, um, AJ Styles just turned 45 or 46. Phenomenal shape. You know, these guys don't look the same as the guys who were in there, you know late 40s back in the 80s it it just it's it's a different generation and and I don't know exactly uh, how to describe that so but I I think that bringing back those legends those those talents who if they're able to go still and they have the desire to go still and the will to go still I I say do it you know the the current roster has plenty of, you know, and, and back in the 90s, when when the Monday Night War was happening, you know, Hulk Hogan was, and, and Rowdy Roddy Piper were in their early to mid-40s, and, you know, they were being ridiculed and made fun of, and, you know, age in a ca- <coughs> cage and all that kind of thing, whereas now, you know, you've got guys like AJ Styles and Bobby Lashley and Bobby Roode and, and you know they're much older than that or at least a few years older than that you know that piper and hogan were back in in those starcade 97 or 96 and and those days it's just it's different it's hard to explain and i'm 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 kind of rambling and i apologize for that but uh you know to bring somebody back from you know, I, I feel like John Cena has been a good example of that. Again, another guy who's in his late 40s. Um, I know he's doing more in Hollywood. They brought him back at WrestleMania. I thought he looked good still. Uh, you know, Brock Lesnar is another one that is in his 40s and is still going and, and running. So I think, you know, when we were growing up in kids... Wrestlers in their 40s were ridiculed and made fun of and and called old. and wrestlers today in their 40s, in some cases are just hitting their stride and really hitting their peaks. so I, I think that you know the sky's the limit, and I think that you know, we'll see more comebacks, you know, christian cage and and edge and and those guys who, had those runs during the Attitude Era, and they're able to get in there and do it again, and and wrestle and not get hurt and not hurt anyone else. That's the important thing. So, um, I I think it's awesome, and I am really, uh, you know, with Trish Stratus again. She's in her mid to late forties as well, and and she looks great, and and she's getting in there, and you know these these women and these men can can teach and help nurture and develop and grow. The next generation. That's why I don't have a problem. You know, if Goldberg comes back and wrestles, whatever. it, it, it is what it is. It's it's a business. It's understandable and and I get it. And I don't uh, complain about that. Speaking of uh, AEW and Goldberg, uh, Jamie Woodworth Myers, who is a longtime supporter of of the brand again as well. Uh, what do I think of CM Punk returning to AEW? You no, know, it was announced. Last week, I guess, by Tony Khan, that uh, that Punk is going to be a part of AEW Collision uh, on Saturday nights. You know, I I listen to the Eric Bischoff podcast. I feel like he I I don't necessarily disagree with some of his takes on on AEW. I do think that sometimes he gets a little too hard on the product and on the company. Um, And I understand that there's some personal feelings and personal things going on there. as far as CM Punk goes, I've been kind of hit or miss, hot and cold with CM Punk. I, I enjoyed him in the WWE. Um, I, I didn't know much about him when he was in Ring of Honor, quite honestly. I did not watch a lot of Ring of Honor. Saw a little bit of him in TNA, but again, just very, very little. So my the base of my most of my knowledge of him is from his time in WWE. And of course, The Summer of Punk and and everything that went down in 2011. I loved that story. And I was, uh, you know, I I supported and got behind Punk in that feud with John Cena. Um, I do feel like, and again, this is where sometimes it is hard. and And I contradict and maybe sound like a hypocrite when I say separating the artist from the backstage stuff or the things that happen. But sometimes it's hard to ignore those things. And I think that sometimes those things happen... And they impact the on-air product. They influence or they, they uh, e- either positively or negatively impact the things that happen inside the ring. And I think that when Punk left in 2014 from WWE, um, I think it was time. And I think that that gave opportunity to Daniel Bryan. And I think it gave others opportunities as well. And whether or not Punk was right or wrong in that situation... It's not for me to say. It's not for me to decide that. Um, But he kind of came off to me, and pardon my French, like a whiny little bitch. Um, And I feel like that has also become the case in his return to AEW. Now, again, we may all be getting worked with all of this, with the whole fight that happened backstage, with the thing that happened at the scrum with with Tony Khan. Um, We may all be getting worked. I have no idea. You know, Punk... uh, is a great storyteller too. So I think that if, if Punk can put his, uh, you know, alleged or what appears to be, if you go with what we kind of see and what we hear, and there's not been much said contradictory to it, if he puts that ego and that, uh, attitude to the side and gets in there and does business and, and works with this talent in AEW, I think it could be great. I think that, You know, time will tell, and I'm not going to jump the gun and and judge. Uh, I hope that he stays healthy. I know that he has had some issues as well and has been hurt, and and I hope that he's able to come in and give AEW and and the fans what they want. Um, You know, again, for me, not a, a super big fan, but I know that he has that mass appeal. I know that there are enough people out there that like and support him. And want to see him wrestle. So uh, I, I, w- I want to see it too. And, you know, I would, I would love to uh, see where the story goes, and, and we'll have to be patient and wait and see. And finally, last question here comes from Greg Mahachko. He is the, of course, founder of the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. So again, thank you so much for listening. Check out his podcast, uh, Nerd United, with Mike Luther, right here on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. He asks, who is your favorite wrestler that debuted for a major promotion in 1995? I feel like this is a very specific question, and I'm, I'm, I've am I'm, thought about it all day. I actually, since he's posted it, like trying to figure out if there's like a, a meaning behind it, and I didn't ask him, um, and I'm sure if he listens to this, maybe he will message me and, and let me know. But, you know, to me, when I think of 1995 and, and debuts for wrestlers, I go with Gold Dust. You know, I and maybe I'm if this if this is a a uh, trick question, let me know if I'm missing the trick because, you know, Dustin Rhodes, of course, was in WWE WWF uh, in late 1990, early 91 for like a cup of coffee with Dusty in that feud with Ted DiBiase and Virgil, and then he went back to or went to WCW with with Dusty when Dusty left the WWF and you know Dustin Rhodes I thought was a great solid wrestler not very charismatic though he did not uh, he did not uh, inherit that charisma that Dusty had but you know I thought Dustin was a solid hand then in 95 he gets fired uh, for that match with the Blacktop Bully and this was when the internet was really starting to become a thing. I was in college. It was the summer. Um, I can remember going to the library and reading on uh, rec, rec. Sports. Pro. Wrestling, um rec.sports.pro.wrestling and, and and reading about this character that was coming to the WWF, that it was Dustin Rhodes, and he was going to be called Gold Dust, and he was going to be. Um, you know, I don't know that anyone used the terminology androgynous, which is what the intent was, but, uh, you know, I, I remember being intrigued by it and seeing some little, uh, clips, you know, the vignettes that start running on TV, and then they're posting these on the internet too. And again, this is 95. It's very early into the internet phase. Um, but I remember being intrigued and interested and surprised by the fact that this was Dustin Rhodes, um, because again, that gold dust character had this extra dimension, extra layer to it. There was more to it than met the eye. It was not, uh, this boring character. And it was really probably about a year and a half, two years prior to the Attitude Era. And I think that's maybe what helped the gold dust character stand out. Um, you know, I feel like if he would have been introduced in the, in the era, the Attitude Era, it, it may have been lost in the shuffle. And I think eventually, you know, we, we saw Dustin leave and go back to WCW and then he came back to the WWF and then he went to um, TNA for a bit and he came back to the WWF. Uh, and 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 continued to wrestle as Goldust. And again, that character evolved and changed, not, not on the same level, uh say as a Kane or an Undertaker with the development uh, or even a Triple H. You know, those long-term characters that were there for decades in the WWF or WWE. We saw it with Dustin with Gold Dust, but not not to the maybe at the same extent or the same level. But I, I like that he came back to the character and always worked on it, and developed it, and you know, I, I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here, and, and I know that he has had some harsh words for the WWE uh, when he left, and, and went to AEW, but I feel like, you know, he kept a little bit of that gold dust with him, uh, with the face paint, as the Dustin, you know, as Dustin Rhodes um, in AEW, uh, but I, I think that, again, my favorite debut in 95, is Goldust, and he he of course wrestled and beat. I think his debut was against Marty Jannetty. It was either Marty Jannetty or Bam Bam Bigelow. He beat both of those guys, and I remember one was at an In Your House, and the other one was at Survivor Series. So, um, that's my pick. And then he of course goes on to win the Intercontinental Title, and the rest, as they say, is history. So, friends, thank you again for listening and uh, letting me know, giving me some questions and some food for thought here. This uh, rambling went on a little longer than I actually anticipated. So uh, I, I appreciate it. Again, leave a review uh, wherever you listen to podcasts and, and let me know what you think, what your thoughts are. Again, uh, some advice, some suggestions from Ken. I'm going to start implementing and, and hopefully getting some of those things into play. Just finding the time to, to get everything that I want to do done. Uh, but again, When you leave feedback, I I do take it very seriously and and want to help make this a better listening experience for everyone. So, friends, thank you so much for listening. Have a great week, and we will talk again soon. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com.